Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sound and Worship Podcast. Uh, if you're just tuning into this episode and you're like, what? Like, that? this is not the If Songs Could Preach podcast. Uh, you need to just go back one episode real quick. It's like five minutes long, and they'll explain kind of what changes have uh, taken place and why this is now called the Sound and Worship Podcast. Uh, so go check that out if you have not. I wanted to get into starting off the mailbag and uh, answer an email that I received uh, from Christina. And she writes, Hello, me and some fellow believers have been struggling with sound music for a while now on our walk with the Lord. So thank you for creating this site. I'd love to hear your opinions on Shane and Shane. For me, I know they make sound music, but still sing songs by Bethel and others that I find to be not sound and engulfed in false teaching. Thank you for creating this site to help us have a trustworthy spot to find doctrinally sound music. May God bless this ministry and use it for His glory. Uh, first off, thank you so much, Christina. Yeah, that means a lot. Um, definitely, definitely may the Lord be glorified in this. Um, but she's asking about Shane and Shane, and uh, this is a, it's kind of a common question that I get, uh, but it's a, a good one to answer and, and provide at least my take on it. Um, I love Shane and Shane's older music, uh, like Burn Us Up. I love that song about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, that's a really just great lyrics. Uh, a lot of their songs, like she mentioned, that they have some really sound lyric songs. The issue that I have with one of the projects that they're working on, and, and let me first start off by saying I don't know either Shane personally. Uh, I, I assume that they're great guys. Yeah, this is nothing against them. This is just kind of an objective look at, at kind of the, one of the projects that they're either heavily a part of or leading. I kind of think they're leading that project, but either way. And that project is called the Worship Initiative, and it's centered around teaching and providing resources for worship leaders to lead worship. You know, whether that be in the music side of that, or just I, you know, I guess they have ideas and things like that. But that's kind of what it's about. But the issue that I would have with that project is they promote a lot of Bethel Hill song songs. So like the, some of the songs that they teach people how to play are those songs. And so, you know, while Shane and Shane may have very sound doctrine and, uh, you know, have write really good lyrics to, to, uh, to their songs, I, I find it hard to recommend them, but it's, it's one of those things where I don't like not recommend them or like, like, uh, point you away from Shane and Shane. And again, this is my analysis. It's not infallible. It's very fallible. Um, I'm a fallible person, but I would just say to to play that safe, it's going to come down to your convictions. I personally uh, don't listen to a lot of Shane and Shane nowadays. I, you know, I wish they would not promote Bethel's music just from a lot of the problems that they have. They may see this issue differently than I do. And um, if they do, you know, I'd love to hear their take on that. Uh, but it's it's not like a resounding no for me, I guess. Uh, I'm not saying that, but it's more of a uh, I personally wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't strongly recommend their music. I'll just say that. But great question, Christina, and 
if you haven't joined our Facebook group, I would I would uh, you know encourage you to to do that because there's a lot of great discussions going on in that group, sound and worship, worship music discussions. So be sure to check that out. But I wanted to switch to the next main topic here. And I mentioned in the last little episode that I was going to start a series on kind of the objections that I hear a lot of people getting and, and myself have seen and have um, kind of worked through several times. And I uh, just wanted to kind of talk about what, you know, what my take is on when people say certain things about worship music, because people hang on to worship music really, really tightly nowadays uh, it, and it's kind of it's kind of sad honestly uh, it's like a, a lot of people you know it seems like it almost defines their faith like if you take away the worship music you know it just would almost just devastate them uh, and I'm not trying to bash anybody or anything like that um, at one point if you were to tell me that there's problems in the worship music world of, of uh, Christian worship music I would have said nah you're probably a fuddy dud or you just, you're overthinking this or you're being legalistic or something like that. So now, uh, you know, I'm about, uh, I guess a couple of years into sound and worship and just trying to get the word out about this and, and kind of solidify and provide the argumentation in a loving way of why worship music is important, why the sources that we use are important and just kind of work through all that. But I wanted to get into the purpose of this series, and, and I think I'm going to name the series Worship Music Objections. So the purpose of the Worship Music Objection series, it, it comes back to a few things, but one major thing that's the most important message in this life is the gospel message. And you might be thinking, well, how in the world does worship music you know, find its way into impacting the gospel message. And for me to answer that question, uh, it's not like a just streamlined direct effect. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, we're walking up to, to people on the streets and stuff like that and, and singing the gospel to them and stuff. That's not what I'm saying, but uh, worship music is a very powerful thing, Right. It or music in general is, it, you know, it has a a, a lot of power to, uh, you know, if you let it, it will affect your emotions. Kind of have to keep your emotions in check and and be sure that what you're singing and proclaiming is truth. But anyways, the way that worship music affects the gospel message is that a lot of these groups that are basically providing the church nowadays. And not every church, um, but many, many churches. Uh, I would say most, most churches in America today, especially ones with like a, a so-called contemporary kind of service. Uh, a lot, most of that music is being provided by Bethel, Hillsong, Elevation, you know, the main three and, and other artists like that. And the problem with that is, is the gospel message that is coming from those platforms is oftentimes and usually a false gospel, uh, especially with Bethel. Uh, you know, it, if you haven't done this yet, 
head over to soundandworship.com slash whybethel. And that's just kind of a breakdown on the the common issues that come out of Bethel Church in Redding, California. And it's it's really an objective look. It's using you know, solid, trusted sources and as much as possible using sources directly from Bethel because I think it's important not to miscategorize, right? Um, when you're, say you're in a formal debate and you just keep um, miscategorizing or, or uh, misinterpreting, you know, intentionally what your opponent is saying, you just keep saying, you know, trying to make it seem like you're the person that you're debating is saying something completely different or you're misrepresenting them. It's not fair, right? The, the debate at that point is useless. But if we use argumentation directly from the person you're debating or directly from Bethel Church in this case, you're letting them speak for themselves. And then, of course, you back up what, you know, you apply what they're saying to Scripture, because that's the final standard. Uh, scripture has authority over us. So, you know, I kind of trying to avoid going off on a tangent here, but when we hear objections, you know, in day-to-day life, or maybe you're going through social media or just talking to friends and family about uh, issues of doctrine. And of course, that's hard to do nowadays because, you know, it... <laughs> Another sad thing is it's hard to find uh, people close to you that want to even talk about God's word with you or doctrine or theology um, because this generation seems to have been trained to just let that topic just go. Like that's just inappropriate uh, when that couldn't be further from the truth. We ought to be comfortable talking about these things and we ought to desire to do it. Um, you know, God's word said this, says that, Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We need to be able to talk with one another and, uh, you know, look at Scripture together and be strengthened by God's Word together. But getting back to the point of the, the issues of Bethel and letting them represent themselves, it's important to do that because it's fair. But when the evidence shows, when compared to Scripture, that Bethel is teaching very bizarre things that contradict scripture and therefore they contradict the gospel that's a dangerous thing because you have people that are listening to Bethel music um, this is a common thing I've heard many many people say that this happened to them or seen many people in the sound and worship worship music discussions group or just you know here and there I've seen it uh, it's it's common and it's it's kind of an obvious thing in, in the age of social media where someone will see uh, something that they like, you know, whatever content that is. And if they like it, they're going to go check out the source of what they just checked out. You know, even if it's coffee, like say you find somebody on YouTube that, um, you, you know, you were looking up how to make a really good espresso. And you came across the video and you really enjoyed the video. You thought it was really helpful and you learned a lot and you just, it just made you want to go check out the rest of those videos from that, from that person, from that source. The same thing happens when you have someone in church who's using 
the music that is being played at their church during the worship music time to build their own playlist at home. Then, you know, they're saying, okay, I, I heard, I remember the lyrics that we sung earlier today. I really liked that song. I'm going to go look up who that, you know, who that was. Oh, okay. It was Bethel. Oh, well, let's see what Bethel is about. And if you have a, a new Christian or, or even a false convert um, that heads over to Bethel and doesn't, they just don't have that, those roots of studying God's word, uh, they haven't been discipled. They're going to easily fall into false teaching. It could it could easily happen, and it does happen. So the music that we use at church and the music that we promote uh, or recommend, I guess I should say, from from one person to the next matters. It matters. That's the first thing: is that worship music does affect the gospel message because. If you're pointing people to a ministry, whether it be directly or indirectly, that proclaims a false gospel, that is a serious thing. So that's the main purpose of this series and really what Sound of Worship is about. Uh, it's It really comes down to following God's Word and having the intent of worshiping God in spirit and truth. Not to win, just pointlessly win arguments and things like that. You know, this is a series about objections, and we should handle any kind of uh, argument that we receive from somebody on why they're just desperate to use Bethel music or Hillsong or or the like. Um, We should handle those lovingly and just provide evidence from Scripture of what we're talking about. And if you haven't noticed yet, you know, it, this is a it's a big deal. It's this is not some niche thing. Like if you go to I, I live in the South. If you go to a Southern Baptist church in the South, you might just think that you're gonna walk in there and hear a bunch of country old hymns. And I can tell you right now, most of them in my town and in, in just Southern Baptist churches, you're going to hear Hillsong, Bethel, Elevation. You're going to hear the top music that's on CCLI, right? The top 10 songs that come from CCLI each week or, or just whatever is popular, whatever being played on, uh, whatever's being played on K-Love or the, you know, those kinds of radio stations. And I don't mean to bash or anything like that. I'm just saying that's, that's where music is found. And it's whatever's popular. That's what's being played. And a lot of times, that's, I say a lot of times, I'd venture to say 90% of the time, 90, 95% of the time, the music that's being played and recommended is not coming from a source that preaches the gospel accurately. So while this is not a direct gospel issue, I'm not saying that um, worship music is always directly tied to the gospel, like directly. I hope you understand what I'm saying. But it does have an impact on how that message goes out. And it can lead people to a false gospel. So that's the main the main part of the purpose of this series. And then just kind of branching off of that, I also want to talk about in this series, and, and you know, I think it's important that I'm laying out the purpose here because it, it's going to set the foundation for the entire series, right? Um so, with that being said, the next thing I would talk about 
is the false doctrine that's being proclaimed in a lot of the most popular worship songs. And I'll, I'll kind of announce what the next episode is going to be about, but it, it comes back to a little bit of this. So when you're hearing a lot of these songs, you hear uh, stuff in the, in the songs, like the lyrics that they always talk about these kind of key NAR kind of phrases. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the NAR, uh, I would check out Holly Pivick. Uh, her last name is spelled P-I-V-E-C. And go check out her material on the NAR. She's done a lot of, of research on it. Uh, she provides good argumentation. And uh, go check that out. But anyways, one of the big words that comes through in a lot of this music is the word breakthrough. I'm going to have a breakthrough. And a lot of times the, the music is just focused on that so much. Like, which... In the Bible, that's really not the the attitude that they're singing about breakthrough. It's not really accurately representing, you know, what Scripture's teaching. Um, You know, it's always about a breakthrough, right? I'm going to have a breakthrough in my life. You know what? You actually, if you have anything in common with the Apostle Paul, you may face many, many struggles in your in your walk. Um, you're going to, at some point, have persecution for being a Christian. So, yeah, there are going to be good times, but really we need to be realistic. Um, You're not always going to have a breakthrough. You're not. You may have a setback, but instead of singing, you know, I'm going to have a breakthrough, no, instead you're going to go where the Lord takes you and rely on him to get you through and live to his glory. So that's one minor, minor phrase that comes up a lot. Another one would be, like an example would be, my weapon is a melody. That comes from Bethel. My weapon is a melody. I believe it comes from the song Raise a Hallelujah. A melody, (laughs) okay, your weapon is not a melody. Um. I put out a meme a little while ago and, you know, it's kind of hard to communicate memes sometimes. Sometimes I I overthink them. I think uh, that might be, it might be better to kind of just explain what I'm talking about on here. But what if you were to tell a deaf person that's a genuine Christian, right? That your weapon is a melody. Hmm. What's their weapon, right? And more importantly, where does Scripture say that our weapon is a melody? It's not. A melody is neutral, right? The melody itself does not have power. It's the message that is being proclaimed in the music. And honestly, that doesn't have like a power as like a weapon. I I would not think of it like that. But your weapon is not, I hope it's not a melody, I hope that your quote-unquote weapon is the Word of God, uh, following God and trusting in Him to take care of you and to lead you with the Holy Spirit. Not just some melody. Um, and it makes a lot of sense coming from a church like Bethel that, that they would think their weapon is a melody because a lot of times the melody is designed to get you really emotional, get in the feels, and get you know get goosebumps on your arms and just get in the moment in the dark setting with the lights flashing in the whatever all the stuff going on 
the experience. That's what they're after. And I, I would almost translate what they're saying is their experience is their weapon, right? Your weapon's not a melody. So with that being said, that's just another example of the false doctrine that is proclaimed through song, through worship music. And while worship music is important, uh, another you know example that just about everybody would know another Bethel song would be Reckless Love. You know, God's love is not reckless. Pretty basic right there. But the overall goal of this series is to be sure that we're we're setting out to worship God, worship our Lord Jesus Christ in spirit and in truth. The truth matters. The truth matters to the gospel. God is the standard of truth. His word is truth. It's infallible. Worship music matters. If worship music, if the worship music that your church is using or that that is being promoted by you or whoever, if it's not proclaiming truth, then it's proclaiming the opposite of our God because our God is truth. He's the source of truth. He's the standard of truth. So this matters. Okay, if you're going to worship God in truth, then you have to worship with true lyrics. And if your ministry is pointing people away from the true gospel, then you're not worshiping in truth, right? Many churches may think they are. They may think it's not a big deal, but it really is. Uh, It would be a lot easier, honestly, to to just come on, you know, just to, to drop this, to just drop what we're doing here. To, for everyone in the Sound of Worship Music, Worship Music Discussions group to just drop it. Just forget it, right? Who cares? It's just music. doesn't matter. That would be so easy. That'd be the easy route, right? We could just conform to the world and just do whatever, just kind of, it doesn't matter. It's just music, whatever you want to do. Kind of that relative mindset that's, that's very prevalent in today's culture. We can do that, but really that's not an option, right? We're commanded to worship God in spirit and truth. John 4, 23 through 24 says, the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. We must, uh, and we must be sincere for worshiping in spirit and truth. We must be sincere about it. Uh, we don't need to be just, you know, when it's time to worship God, we don't just need to stand up, you know, at church or whoever we're, whatever group we're with, uh, with, the, with the body of believers, obviously, but wherever we're at, we also don't need to stand up and say, you know, uh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Let's say, well, you know, what are we having for lunch this after church? Like, the, that's not the, the the pattern that your brain should take. We should be striving to be intentional about it and just really think about what we're singing. It should bring us to genuine, you know, a passion for for worshiping the Lord. Um, he's worthy to be praised. And that's not, there's no way that we should be able to come into church on Sundays and just think, okay, here we go. Let's just sing worship music to the Lord. Um, and then, you know, when's this going to end? I'm ready to sit down and just start listening to this sermon. That's not worshiping in spirit and truth, right? 
So with that said, I don't want people to to walk away from this series and think, well, this is just like worship music apologetics or something like that. I would not compare it to that. This is not apologetics, right? This is more about, it's not really a defense of the faith. In, in a sense, it could be. But it's more so about guarding one another in sound doctrine. That's what has happened to anybody um, that's been through this kind of kind of experience in life where you just didn't really care about worship music at all, and then you realized that it you know what it was really important. That's happened to every person that I've had a conversation with. They've all been told by somebody. They've all been guarded by a source, a person, a ministry that was proclaiming the truth to them. They were guarded by that. All glory to God for that. That's awesome. For me, I know I was. I had an hour commute to work, and uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts. And one of those was Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And they would talk about the problems with Hillsong and Bethel, and they they just did it so much that eventually I was like, you know what? I need to actually, I need to think about this. Like maybe this actually is something that's serious. Like maybe worship music is not just whatever. It's easy in this culture to get in that kind of relative mindset, that that postmodern way of thinking, and just just say whatever. But worship music does matter. With that said, that's the purpose of this series. Um, kind of dipped into it a little bit today of you know of, of uh, what we're going to be getting into. I told you last episode that I'm really excited about this. Uh, there's a lot of different arguments that come up. And the next episode, I want to talk about the common question that I get a lot and that is presented, uh, you know, I see it many times. And that is, what if the lyrics are good, right? That always comes up. Well, what if the lyrics are good? I'm going to talk about what issues there still are with using a worship music that has good lyrics, but it's coming from a source that is not sound. I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you have any ideas of, of kind of where you would want this uh, series to go on or a topic you know, or especially an argument that you get when when you've brought up the issues. What argument would you like to talk about? I would love for you to send an email to soundandworship at gmail.com um, about a topic that you would love to see covered on this podcast. Uh, guys, please help share this podcast with your friends. Um, it would really mean a lot if you could do that. And if you're enjoying this podcast, leave us a five-star review on uh, on Apple Podcast. I don't think there's like an Android version that people care about, even though I'm an Android guy, but I think like Apple Podcast has a lot of pulls. So if you're enjoying the podcast and have a second, I'd really appreciate a review there. Thank you to everyone who has done that. Um, we will see you guys next episode when we talk about the question, what if the lyrics are good? See y'all then.